So welcome everybody to this week of Decent Dialogue with Greg and Scott, but this week it's not Greg and Scott, it's Sarah and Scott, and Sarah has the same last name as Greg, and it's his sister. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Hey everybody, super excited to be here and super excited to spill all of the beans about Greg. Yes, spill all the tea um, about Greg. Well, actually, my monitor just went black. I'm having all sorts of trouble tonight. Uh, but no, yeah, I'm definitely glad to have Sarah here and, and hear some fun stories and the beans being spilled about how he was as a kid. And, you know, how uh, here's some funny anecdotes of how Greg became Greg, because he's a character and it'll be fun to hear from you. Uh, how he how he became the man he is now. Um, but first, before we get started, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about you, Sarah, and kind of you uh, as a person and not just a person here to tell stories of Greg, but uh, just learn who you are and, and kind of the, uh, the life you live and things like that. Because um, I, I kind of served with you a little bit in the young adults ministry. Uh, at the church that we're involved in. And, you know, I sat in a few of your classes and things like that, and just kind of following you, you know, a little bit on social media and seeing how involved you are in, in the community and uh, plugged in you are to everything. And it's it's been cool to to just see, uh, to see how you've grown in the Lord and, and kind of see God working in your life. So I just wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit and kind of see how you ended up doing what you're doing, uh, serving at, at the church. So it's actually a pretty interesting story. My brother and I actually started going to Idlewild together, um, decided to get saved and baptized the same day and time. We made that decision together. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, but we had, we had pretty different paths in it. And so we were really involved in high school ministry together. And then college is where things started to look a little different from us. And so if you've been following with Greg, you know, he interned with the college age for a while and he's just been kind of like pretty steady and thrown into those leadership positions. And mm. um, I was pretty spotty in attendance in the college age, um, you know, part of just immaturity as a person. I felt like I was just really intimidated socially and I just really couldn't get over that barrier to grow um, and show up. And then I went off to PT school. So it's a three year graduate program. And that just got really, really busy um, with a lot of excuses piling on. So there was like a pretty big gap of maybe like three years where I was really absent from church. And um, it's not that like I fell away from the faith or anything, I would still like identify as a mature Christian. It's just, I was so absent from community and I didn't have any accountability. And then, um, long story short, within those three year gap, I had a breakup from someone I dated for four years. And then mm. just like the stress of school. Um, I just had this really big wake up call after about the first year of PT school of like, you know, who are you and what do you want to do in life? Like, what do you want from this? Cause mm. you're going to burn out at this time. And so I actually contacted our dear friend Harrison Sims and said, hey, man, I know that you've kind of wanted to go to the young adult class. Like, why don't we go together? Let's try it out. And so 
grabbed him, started going a little bit, and then just met um, Brendan, which I think has been on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Met him and just kind of decided that even though the young adult class was super new and I felt like they were kind of weird, <laughs> they know that. <laughs> that's that's not news to them. I've told them plenty of times. <laughs> um, but even though it was kind of awkward, I just decided that I'm going to pour myself into this and I'm going to just like really take ownership of the class and of my faith and of community um mm. and just through you know like that adjacent discipleship through brendan like it wasn't really super formal but just mm -hmm. in being friends with people and them showing up and them exemplifying jesus i just got to um really just remember what it was like to mm. to love god and for him to love you and it just really like exponentially grew my faith and so mm -hmm. i just had so many examples of people that I looked up to in that young adult class that I would sit there and think like, man, I want to be you when I grow up. And mm. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I grew up and I'm on the other edge of that, but it was because of the example that they set. And I just learned so much and grew so much spiritually and in maturity and in, mm. in love with God. I feel like I just never really had a definition for intimacy with God. And, you know, the cliches made a lot of sense, but I didn't mm -hmm. see that practice and I didn't understand and that group helped me and so my leadership really comes from just wanting to replicate the experience that I had because I know there's oh, so wow. many people you know who are who are in my shoes who are just kind of like in their 20s and confused or they've like you know rode the train this long and mm -hmm. they've kind of reached a plateau in their spiritual growth and I feel like the leadership and discipleship I got from the young adult class was what propelled me over the plateau. And so I just really wanted to be that person for this class. And I think that um, just the genuineness of that leadership position has allowed the class to just change and blossom and grow. And I just wanted everyone to feel what I felt and grow the way I've grown to. And so obviously mm -hmm. I just fell in love with everyone in the class and more in love with God. And there's just so many good resources and um, it's just grown my passion to be a shepherd to other people and to mm. love them. So that's pretty much how I, how I got here. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Now, now you're here on decent dialogue and you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm all grown up. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you said a couple things there, but in kind of working it backwards uh, a little bit, when you said you're all grown up now, I think one of, one of the themes that I've had in my life for so long is like never feeling like an adult. Um, you know, I thought once I got married, I'd feel like an adult and, you know, I got a big boy job and, you know, in corporate America. And, uh, now I have a five month old and it's like, I still don't feel like an adult. I'm 32 with a five month old daughter and, you know, in corporate America. And I definitely don't feel like an adult, but kind of to that point where you were talking about being in community and, and kind of seeing the people, uh, and how they're living their lives and, and trying to model your life after them. I think it, I think it almost does have to click in our head. And it, it seems like it clicked in yours where we, we do reach a point where other people have poured into us and now it's time for us to pour out to others. Uh, and I think that's such a, such a moment in life that we need to get to. So I would, I would even ask, how do you think, you know, those, those years where you were kind of separated from the church and you know again like you said you didn't fall away from god or renounce your faith or anything like that 
but you you definitely weren't in community and and around other believers very much how how did that impact your uh your just overall well-being like spiritual mental uh and all of that like did you really notice a huge difference when you were disconnected from community definitely i feel like um obviously the accountability is the first thing to go right mm. like the what you do with your free time and how you speak and how you love others without that accountability um honestly you're kind of left to see like the raw state of your maturity i feel like it's really easy to do the right things and be the good Christian that you aim to be when you're surrounded by good community. But mm. when you take that away, it shows that those areas that you thought were corrected are not as deeply formed as you thought they were. Mm. So I just had a really big awakening to how shallowly formed some of those areas of my life were because I was apparently only doing them in the presence of others, mm. you know, and I just, I think the the weight of how little I feel like scripture impacted my life up to that point was a big weight and I felt a little guilty about it. So it's almost like the more I was away from community, the more guilty I felt that, oh, look, it turns out I wasn't as good of a Christian as I thought I was because mm. I was you know, measuring it on some weird um, fabricated scale in my own yeah. mind. Um, yeah, and you just... You just kind of see like the classic, um, like you're being formed, whether you like it or not. Mm. Um, and you want to curate the life that you want to have. Right. And so like our everyday disciplines and actions, they're forming us into a type of person. Mm -hmm. And so the Christian wants to be formed into the likeness of Christ. Right. But that's an active participation. Mm. And so without that active participation in community and in scripture and in those spiritual disciplines, like I just felt myself slowly being formed into something that I didn't want to be formed into. And mm. so I think, I think it's just so much bigger than people really think because it is really common to get out of the habit of being in Christian community and for sure um, out of your spiritual disciplines. But it's just so humbling and almost scary to know that like, yeah, like life still rolls on whether you're actively participating in it or not, and you're being formed one way or another. And so I just felt like those years where I was away from community and away from intimacy with God, um, because I would like to point out, like, I wasn't away from knowledge with God, mm -hmm. you know, like, I didn't forget everything that I knew. Right. Um, but the intimacy is what is what matters. And that's the transformative part. And so just being away from all of that, you're just realizing in humility how um shallowly formed you thought you were and mm -hmm. the drift um is pretty real and so uh, it just it escapes you you know yeah yeah and it's almost like the everybody wants community everybody wants to feel like they're a part of something and it almost seems like you realized you were disconnected from that community so you you took it upon yourself to go make that community happen uh, where a lot of times we can kind of get stuck in this, like, oh, I'm not part of a community, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make the effort to do it. And it, you know, it sounds like you really made that effort and it, you taking that first step and making that effort is what kind of made, made the huge difference in your life. And, uh, and so I think that's really cool. And it's almost, it is an encouragement to me. Uh, Cause again, on this podcast, I've talked about community a lot and 
uh, how I want community and, you know, every, you know, I want to be involved in, in other people's lives and have other people uh, pouring into me. But sometimes, you know, it does take me or take that person uh, to make the first step or the second step or the third, fourth, fifth, and, and really make, if you want community, you can go out and make it happen. And it's not just about, oh, let's, you know, hopefully somebody will call me or hopefully, you know, somebody will reach out to me and bring me to church. But, you know, no, I know where the community's at. I know where people are, but what am I going to do uh, to go plug myself into, into that group of people and be involved? Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really cool that, you know, that you've done that. And, uh, and again, just as an encouragement to you, it's been cool to see God working in your life. And I know uh, I said it before, but a couple of the classes that I sat in, like it, you're, you were really well prepared and well studied and, you know, you can see your passion for God and your passion for uh, guiding other towards others towards Christ. It's, it's really cool and encouraging to, to see. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like it's just really easy to get a little lost, especially with a lot of the maybe, maybe like cultural Christianity that we've grown mm. up with, you know, like they're really good at giving us pretty good advice and a lot of rules. Um, but again, if it doesn't deeply form you, you're going to hit E at some point. And so mm. that's just kind of what gets people pouring back and yeah, taking that initiative to do the community, like do the hard things. Yeah. Um, like as an act of how you're going to love God and others better and less of like, okay, what are these people going to do for me? Are mm. they going to invite me to dinner? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like to have friends, you got to be a friend first. And mm. so I think that, that as you grow, like an intimacy with God, I just found myself actually genuinely caring about people and wanting to pour in with them. Mm. Um, wow. And that that's, that's awesome. Becomes, yeah. Yeah. To, to be a friend, you have to be a friend. Uh, I like that. Um, well, well, kind of with that, um, you know, that I think that's a good setting for uh, knowing where your where your heart is a little bit. Uh, and now we can uh, roast Greg some and uh, <laughs> So just a little over two years. Um, so I'm gotcha. 1994 and he's 96. Gotcha. Okay. And then y'all have one more sister who's younger than Greg yes. like by four or five years, six years. So she's six eight years. years younger than me. Yeah. Six years. younger. Oh, than wow. Me. Man, that's, that's a gap. That's crazy. So I guess the, the first question, kind of a, an easy question is, do you have any like funny stories just of kind of Greg being a goober or, you know, trying to do something crazy or, cause I know y'all grew up in Greenville for the first uh, good half of your life, I think. Um, yeah. So maybe, you know, roaming the mountains a little bit, or I don't, I don't know what happens in Greenville. So maybe just a, a funny quick story of, of him and of him as a child. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was a pretty, pretty normal kid. I think one of our family's favorite memories is little innocent Greg. Um, so my dad used to let us listen to like hip hop R&B when we were really young. Sorry, the lightning's scored. <laughs> oh, go lightning. <laughs> Maybe something, something, someone's cheering. Some, something um, good happened. Yeah. But my dad used to let us listen to like hip hop rap when we were younger. And so my dad took us hiking and we got lost 
and Greg was only six years old. We'd been hiking for a really long time and it was really hot and we were out of water and Greg is trailing behind us and he stops like hands on hips and he's like, dad, when are we going to get off this freaking trail? <laughs> so he's six years old, dropped his first freaking on everybody. <laughs> we were like, my dad wasn't even mad. He's like, preach. <laughs> I don't know when we're going to get off the trail. Oh, that's so funny. I can, I can actually picture Greg doing that. And the funniest thing though now is I can picture Levi doing that. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, man. That's too good. I think one of the one of the things I know about Greg is he is a very knowledgeable person and very well studied, uh, especially in theology. Uh, growing up, was he was he kind of a, a know it all or or no? Um, not really. I was definitely the brainy one. Not that he's not intelligent, like he's definitely intelligent, but mm -hmm. at least elementary school, I think that it didn't really show. Um, but he did start reading the Bible at a much younger age than I did. And then this is, this is embarrassing for me. So I don't know when this, I don't know when this, <laughs> oh, no. but we were in high school and I was in it's like algebra two honors it's like the standard class you're in as a junior and it's mm -hmm. honors so you're like you know just a little bit smarter than everybody else my brother was in ninth grade and he was in that math class with me so <laughs> <laughs> he oh, sat man. next to me in algebra two honors as a freshman and I was a junior and the teacher had to ask in front of everyone if we were twins and I had to be like no <laughs> this is my little brother he's a two oh, years that's funny that's so yeah. funny did uh would you say that y'all had a, a good relationship growing up were y'all close or yeah for sure when we were younger we definitely fight um just yeah. normal like beat up your little brother stuff but we moved <laughs> to florida in 2006 when i was 12 and he was 10 and we didn't have any friends obviously because mm. we were brand new so we kind of made a pact like hey we're gonna be friends now and yeah. that really escalated things so we were really really close all throughout middle school high school like even up until now mm -hmm. that's awesome mm -hmm. yeah i think um let me see i had some other questions i think one of the the overarching things uh with greg and it's not so much a, a roast as it is a, a compliment to him is do you think do you think pretty much what you what you see with him is what you get or is there kind of like a is there like a hidden side of greg like a, he's a he's an angry person or he's actually like super goofy and weird and nerdy or uh or anything like that so i i definitely think he's very authentic but yeah. the more comfortable he is, he is so weird. <laughs> he's, right. he's so weird. Um, I think some of my favorite stuff is when he tries to act really mature and well-spoken because mm. he was, you know, like put into leadership at such a young age. And so I feel mm -hmm. like he's always had to, you know, like prove his maturity. Mm. And so he'll go and his like prove my maturity, which he is mature, but then yeah, he'll yeah, turn for sure. He'll turn around and be like beaky <laughs> like <laughs> call someone a jit and you're like yeah you're still 12 <laughs> <laughs> yeah see we're all we're all still 12 year olds at heart you know For sure. <laughs> i think you're just the you're just the really mature one sarah 
obviously. Mm, probably not. I'm pretty you, weird too. <laughs> you have to uh you have to bring us bring us up to your level. No, he's I, gonna drag on me next next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's if he even listens to this. Like, well, this will be the real test is if he listens to these podcasts or not. Right. Um, <laughs> But kind of, kind of maybe the the last question to maybe wrap it up is, uh, you know, growing up with Greg, I've gotten to know Greg really well through this podcast and just like talking to him and and things like that. And he's he's really been an encouragement and a great friend to me over the years. And uh, you know, I've I've enjoyed his his friendship immensely. Uh, what would you say is something uh, that nobody really knows about Greg, but you really feel like the world should know about Greg? I'll go with the nicer one. So when he was like four or five, we were huge NSYNC fans. Mm. And my mom had the NSYNC New York live in concert DVD. And we would play the whole concert through in the living room. And he memorized every single dance and would like perform them for the family. And he was so obsessed. This is the best part. My mom bought him a JC doll. So he, you know, action figure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, had yes. a, he had a JC, no strings attached doll that he played with to mimic. Oh, man. That is, <laughs> that is amazing. And yeah, that's just, that's great. I wonder if he still has it. Do you know if he still has it? <laughs> no, but he does still have these two animals he's been sleeping with since he was like four a teddy bear named Pikachu and a tiger <laughs> named Growlithe that are like rotting away. Uh, and hey, yeah, they're, they're still alive. <laughs> that's pretty great. That's, uh, that's funny. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I'm not, I'm not here to rag on them too much, but that was, a, that's a great story. And I'll definitely have to give them, give them a little razzing for, for being so into NSYNC. I think, I think I was more of a Backstreet Boys person. But, but did you have a doll? <laughs> no, I definitely didn't have any. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know any of the Backstreet Boys names now. Didn't have any of the dolls. That's pretty great, though. But he did have he had two sisters, so he had to. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I just have I didn't sister. I didn't have a doll, but OK. <laughs> <laughs> OK, this is all Greg with the NSYNC doll. Yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. All right. Well, uh, I'll. Uh, I think that's a good place to wrap up and I'll let you go, but thanks for coming on and and being a part of this and and hanging out and sharing your story. And it definitely is a, an encouragement to me to hear about, you know, how you kind of made community happen for you. And, and, you know, through that you're, uh, you're helping other people build community and helping other people grow in Christ. I I hope that's an encouragement to y'all as an audience and, uh, you know, also getting to hear some fun stories about Greg. It's always good. So (laughs) thanks for coming on, Sarah. For sure. No problem. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.